Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Command Point podcast. We're here for another faction deep dive that we haven't done in a while. This is Shane. I'm joined with my co-host, Ryan, and our chief analyst, Sean. How's it going, guys? Doing pretty well. How you doing, Shane? Not too bad. Not too bad. After uh, in the finals for bats, just wrapped that up last uh, or two nights ago, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Ryan, how about you? How you doing? Yeah, it's good. Good to have you back in the stew. As it were, we are physically Sean's not physically with us, but me and Ryan are are actually physically recording our first episode since quarantine. So Mm -hmm. I I have the mic quality that Ryan has, which is very nice. I'm not recording on my iPhone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Shane, have you been uh, doing like nine to five prep for your final game? Final two out of three? Not yet. Uh, I, I know that. I'm pretty sure Micromancer is like camping for an entire week. So um, I'm I'm taking this time to to chill a little bit on the kill team constant like like prep, like lab work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd... not by choice. but <laughs> <laughs> so, so you haven't set yourself an alarm every morning. That's like Rocky, like montage music. For yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start the, the Rocky montage this weekend. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Astra Militarum. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've done a, a faction deep dive. I believe this is our third. Our last yeah. one was Grey Knights, and then our first ever podcast was Necrons. So this is our third one, and we're talking about the Imperial Guard, or Militarum, whatever it is that people are calling them at this point. Yeah, um, whatever anybody wants to call them. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. We don't. Yeah. Well, Militarum, I think we try to talk about factions particularly that we think are you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think Militarum fits that mold. Um, they're, I think, not being used as much as they probably should, or they're, they're probably better than the perception of them in the community. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but that's how I view it. I'd say so. Yeah, so I guess we're, we're probably going to start this off the same way that we start all of our deep dives. Well, I guess... The same way that we started the Necron deep dive, we would have started the Grey Knight deep dive if they had sub-factions yeah. with the sub-factions. <laughs> so uh, um, I guess we'll start. First thing, before we get into the sub-factions, uh, there's the important stuff about uh, advisors and auxilla and uh, the Militarum Tempestus, so like the Scions. So models that have uh, these keywords basically cannot benefit from these sub-factions. Um, so uh, it's advisors and auxilla. So basically... Like Ryan and Rouse can't benefit. Those are models from Blackstone Fortress, uh, and as well as Bulgrins and Ogrins, because they have the Auxilla keyword. Mm-hmm. So they do not get to benefit from any of these subfactions. And then in the case of Scions, um, they don't get to benefit from subfactions unless it's the Militarum Tempestus subfaction. So get that out of the way, first and foremost. Uh, all the other models, though, including Gottfried and Pius Vorn, which we'll talk about later, uh, can benefit from these subfactions. So uh, I'll start because I got the book here right in front of me. Yeah. Uh, right at the top, we have Cadian, uh, Born Soldiers. Uh, this subfaction is basically reroll unmodified hit rolls of one in the shooting phase for models in your kill team if they have not moved in this battle round. If a model in your kill team is issued the take aim order and it has not moved in this battle round, reroll all failed hit rolls for that model until the end of the phase instead. So, um, my immediate take on this is, well, it mentioned take aim. We're going to get into orders later when we get to the models. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, any usually any subfaction that involves you not moving isn't that great. No, it's <laughs> very close to the bottom, if yeah. not the bottom. I would say it's not quite the bottom for me, but we'll get to that later. But yeah. this is definitely not one that I'm a big fan of. No. Sean, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, at its core, it's similar to Dark Angels in Astartes. Um, and Dark Angels don't see a, a whole lot of play. Um, now, the advantage that Dark Angels have is that they're in Astartes, which has um, a wider variety of options than the Astra Militarum do. And they have infiltrators, which, you know, do add a little bit more opportunity for that not moving um, part to be more achievable without giving up too much board position. Uh, because they essentially, you know, by deploying almost anywhere on the table, almost get like a free move before the game starts. But since Astra Militarum do not get that, not being able to move isn't that great. Um, you know, the only argument you can really make for it is that they can play, they can take so many plasma guns that, you know, it might, you know, if you're playing a mission like out of the core or elites book, which nobody really does anymore, um, you know, well, at least competitive packets aren't designed that way. Uh, yeah. If you're going to like a GW store or playing super, super casually at home, then maybe you're playing missions out of the book. Um, I, I think there are probably some missions in there where like one person needs to defend and the other person needs to attack. And then, yeah. sure, if you look out and uh, you're the defender and you're playing Cadian, then you might be in good shape taking uh, what, like six or eight plasma guns or whatever they can do. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking, now nah, this this probably isn't where you're looking. Yeah, and there's already another shooting subfaction that we're going to talk about soon that is much better. Uh, but I guess moving on, uh, Ryan, do you want to do the next one? It's uh, Katachan, <laughs> which is one that everybody's very familiar with, I'm sure, but we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, sure. So uh, Katachan Brutal Strength. Add one to, to the uh, strength characteristics of models in your kill team. In addition, add one to the leadership characteristics of models in your kill team if they are within six inches of a friendly Katachan officer. That last bit, I think, is something that a lot of people forget about. Yeah, because it's almost like uh, it's almost like a uh, just like a small small little hinge bit, but it's still yeah. Um, just any sort of like leadership bonus, I think, is kind of underrated for this faction. Yeah, I mean, the real crux of this though is is that strength bonus. Yeah, for so sure. The regular guardsmen, um, which are going to be the guys benefiting from this, uh, primarily are all strength three. Um, so this bumps them up to strength four. But what's really nice here is I mentioned earlier, Gottfrit and Pius Vorn benefit from this too. Yeah. So getting Gottfrit or Pius Vorn, especially Gottfrit, up to strength four, I mean, that's a huge deal. Um, I mean, that alone is almost worth taking Katachan if you aren't looking at going, like, full gun line. Mm -hmm. um, and Pius, I mean, that takes her to strength four with, in addition to her weapon and her zealot ability, can get her to strength six, which is pretty nice against, you know, T3, like, horde stuff, which is what you're going to want to take Pius against anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and in addition, the, the sergeant is another big model, I think, really benefits from Katachan, because getting that sergeant up to, to strength four is... Can be pretty nice too, because he could take a power sword. Yeah. So talk about the that sergeant model specifically. Yeah. So the sergeant, he's basically, you know, he's the sergeant. He's like the quote unquote he's, leader model. Yeah. He's the, just like a regular guardsman sergeant. Yeah. The thing about him uh, is he gets two attacks instead of one, uh, and he with Katachan he'd go up to strength four, and you can give him a power sword. So you can have a strength four model with a power sword, granted weapon skill four, but uh, 
he's six points with that power sword. Yeah. And I mean, if you, once we'll get into the orders, what well, we can talk about how crazy this can be, but basically you could potentially get like four attacks off at strength four with a power sword, um, with a six point model, which is just crazy that, that value. Is, that, yeah. That's insane return on investment. Yeah. Uh, anything else to talk about with Katachan? Um, I mean, just want to talk about just, you know, you said the strength three to strength four uh, buff is huge and it's probably the biggest one uh, one point buff you can get the specific move from three to four because it's mm -hmm. almost always relevant um, against toughness three. You're going from wounding on fours to wounding on threes against toughness four. You're going from five to four um, against toughness five, which comes up sometimes, you know, that's, that's when it starts to say the same, but compare that to like a strength four model going to strength five, um, you know, against a toughness three, that is not a benefit. You know, you're, you're yeah. still wounding on threes. So, um, whenever we see, uh, blanket buffs like that in, in this game, we need to, you know, we can't value it the same in every regard. You know, especially like comparing sub factions in one uh, one faction to another, even if the sub faction, uh, the word is exactly the wording is exactly the same. It's not going to apply the same to both factions because the stats are different. The point values are different and things like that. So plus one strength means a lot more to strength three than it does to to strength four or strength five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean, I don't know if you have the sub factions pulled up in front of you. Do you want to take a. Uh... Do you want to read Valhallen for us? I do, yeah. Uh, so Valhallen, grim, grim Demeanor. Uh, when you take a nerve test for a model in your kill team, roll a D3 instead of a D6. Um, so, you know, nerve tests are going to be rough for guard uh, because by the time... They, they're going to die a lot if you're going full-on guard horde or just, you know, having a, a decent number, one, because they're going to die easily, but then that also makes the, the modifiers really stack a lot. So you're going to be... And the base leadership for a regular guardsman is six. Um, so that makes it really rough uh, in terms of the morale phase. And the since a one auto-passes, um, and correct me if I'm interpreting this wrong, but you know, the D3 is already going to help your odds, but then that also doubles the chance of you getting uh, an automatic pass on a one. Yeah. Um, so, so that is a big buff. Now, is it, you know, the best option? No, that's, that's a separate question, but um, <laughs> it, it is definitely like a big buff to them specifically, you know? Yeah. I think it was definitely near the top back when the meta was hold, hold, hold. Uh, I don't know if I would turn to Valhallen anymore. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely some some legitimate grounds to look at it back when really the the win condition was holding objectives, standing on objectives, killing wasn't really getting you much outside of secondaries. And usually there was pretty good holding secondaries in addition to what the primary was. So, yeah, uh, at this point, though, um, where there really is an emphasis in the meta, on getting kills and taking enemy models out of action, I don't know if the Highland's giving you enough. Yeah. And here's the other thing to consider too with um just like the morale phase and just guard fact or uh, guard kill teams breaking in general is Godfrey is kind of like the model to be taking and I would I would argue basically any uh guard kill team. 
And what's his leadership? It's like eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Leadership eight. So, I mean, how likely are you to break when you're playing guard if you have Godfrey in your roster? Not that that likely. So I I think that right there diminishes um, the sub-faction's effectiveness for sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, honestly. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll move on to Vistrian now. So uh, models in your kill team do not suffer the penalty to hit rolls for their attacks that target enemy models at long range. Uh, yeah, again, I don't think that you would take this on a full roster. Obviously, say you had like an infinite roster, like you had like a 40-man roster, mm-hmm. then you could maybe take, say you were going like pure shooty and you had a huge roster. Um, you could take a team with Vistroyan in case you were on like long, like the far board edges. Um, but honestly, I, I don't, like you only have 20 models to a roster in the vast majority of events. Um, and if you're going a shooting guard team, you're probably gonna have a lot of bodies. So I don't think that there's a place where you can take the Stroyan and rely on it throughout an entire like tournament. Yeah. It just doesn't seem flexible enough. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Um, you know, at a point when the modifiers start stacking and they're already at BS4, it's like, do you just throw lots of dice and hope for sixes anyway? I don't know that the best thing you could be doing is trying to make those sixes fives. Like, yeah, that's a lot better, but yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they're going to be, they're going to be obscured anyway. Um, you know, if you, if you want to just stand back and shoot, like, I don't know. I, I just don't think that's necessarily what you wouldn't be doing because it's still figure if you're looking at rapid fire range, you know, they don't count as long range for the purpose of hit modifiers. But like if you're firing a rapid fire weapon, you're still only, only going to be taking one shot. Um, yeah, it doesn't Maybe say melt a gun spam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, that's all I can I think guess that's of. True. God, yeah, I, I, I really hope you're not doing this thing again where you're just like <laughs> saying something as a meme and then it accidentally becomes a very effective <laughs> list. Hey, melty guns are sick. I, they are. But I mean, you have to think about it. The the scions aren't getting this bonus, and you yeah. can only take like four melty guns. Like yeah, at four. most. It would, your regular yeah, they would, guardsmen. They would benefit from this. So like you're looking at fives if they're obscured. Like I mean, yeah, no, I think we're in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, and we're gonna get to another sub faction that would have the same effect, but be better anyway. So, yeah. Um, so, so Ryan, you want to take the next one? Yeah. So, um, next one is Armageddon Industrial Efficiency. Uh, models in your kill team firing rapid fire weapons double the number of attacks they make if all of their targets are within eighteen inches instead of half the weapon's range characteristic. Now, if you could combine. Vistroyan with Armageddon then like you could stand at 17 or 18 inches and still get your double shots for rapid fire and ignore the long range um, mm-hmm. and then maybe got something going but having the choose between the two <laughs> I don't know I don't think either effect on its own is strong enough to give up some of the other options that uh, the faction has yeah I, I, don't, I don't really yeah, I mean, what do, do you think it's better than Vestroyan? Which would you rather have if you had to have one? Probably Vestroyan because it's it's going to apply to all their weapons, not just their rapid-fire weapons. Okay. Um, 
and they and they do have some some other options that are good but not rapid fire yeah um if i was doing if i was running like four plasma gunners i think i would i would roll with armageddon Mm -hmm. just because it seems more tactically flexible whereas the vostroian bonus you only get for shooting a model that's at long range with this as long as the target's within 18 like with a plasma gun like your target would still be at long range when it's at 18 inches but at least i'm rolling double the amount of dice yeah so that's fair and not over not supercharging right because it's also uh, yeah because <laughs> we're not cadians and we are not standing yeah. still so yeah yeah i mean i, I guess we have that many plasma guns you don't need to necessarily supercharge them but yeah or, i mean are. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> So, Sean, do you want to talk about the uh, the big one now? Let's do it, yeah. Uh, Talarn, swift as the wind. Models in your kill team can shoot in the shooting phase even if they advanced in the same battle round, with the exception of heavy weapons. In addition, these models do not suffer the penalty to their hit rolls for shooting assault weapons during a battle round in which they advanced. Um, so this is like, uh, what's that one, Asiriani? Yeah, it's just their passive Asiriani ability. So oh, okay, you're basically yeah, right. treated as not moving whenever you advance so so this, this is, is really good yeah with uh with the melta guns um because yeah, melta, yeah. melta guns are 12 inch range but they are assault so now you can now you can do an assault move which is going to give you more options in terms of board board position and it's going to get rid of the negative one for advancing instead of giving mm -hmm. away the the negative one for long range yeah. And even better, you can uh, you can take plasma guns and advance exactly. with them, and it's like you didn't advance, so you can still shoot those plasma guns. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of like the. Oh, go ahead. And get within rapid fire range, so yeah, could even double your so, shots. Yeah, so um, slightly, or uh, but right before recording this uh, this episode, I had been working on a Astra Militarum list, and I trying to build up a Talarn roster, and I. An interesting combo to me would be to uh, take a special weapons gunner with a melta gun and make him a scout specialist. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and you don't see scout specialists a lot, but like the ability to reroll the advance roll and then just shoot a melta gun at no penalty is uh, just amazing to me. Yeah, like this guy could be moving as fast as like a mandrake. Like, I would almost say at worst, like, he's going to be moving, like, seven inches at worst, re-rolling. Yeah. So it's, like, you can just kind of, he's just so mobile. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Zipping around me. the field, shooting melt the guns. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, to learn is very good. If you're going for a shooting approach for guard, this is probably the most competitive option that you have. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say, like, Let's look at Katachan and Talarn, which is better because I think they serve different purposes, but they're both mm -hmm. very good mm -hmm. for what they do. Yeah, because you're taking what's already the Astro Militarum strength, and that's positional play with lots and lots of bodies, and you are then, you know, making them better at that, um, and at the same time, um, improving their their fighting abilities. You know, because you're mm -hmm. essentially making them be able to move faster and get better dice at the same time for shooting. So, yeah. um, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that being one of the top choices right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to move on to the next one, which is Militarum Tempestus Stormtroopers. 
If a model in your kill team targets an enemy model that is within range and not at long range when making a shooting attack, it can make an extra shot with the same weapon at the same target for each unmodified hit roll of six. So there's like a little bit of like controversy about this because it's um, obviously, as stated in the top of the regimental doctrines part, um, the only subfaction that a scion can take is the Militarum Tempestus. But it technically doesn't, but it also says that only models with the Tempestus keyword um, can uh, like take this rather. Um, But like there's people that have made arguments that say say like you like non-Scion models can benefit from this because once you give them the sub faction, they get the keyword. Uh, I'm not sure. I like to me, that seems like obviously rules as intended. That's not what Games Workshop was going for. Yeah, that, that's a reach for sure. Yeah. Um, but like you would be surprised at how many people play like this. Um, I, I guess so. This this is like the first I've ever heard of this. Yeah. Um, uh, it, check it is, with your TO. Yeah, check with your TO because this is an important distinction to make. Um, I mean, even assuming that is the case, I still don't think it's better than Talarn uh, to the yeah. point where you would want to like make your regular guardsmen get this ability. Uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's not terrible. Um, I think that's what surprises me the most about what you just said is what? that is that people are out here saying that that's how that works, but it's it's like you're handicapping yourself yeah. because the other just running a faction with scions in it instead of running scions with guardsmen in it, getting the scion sub faction. Yeah, it's that just seems wrong to me on <laughs> a lot of levels. Um, it seems illegal and it seems inefficient. Yes. It's like you're cheating, but you're well, handicapping the, yeah. yourself. The, the reason that people have, I think, have made this argument, if you ask me, is because they want to be able to take Gottfried in their Scion team without losing the Scion bonus. Ah, so they want to. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Um, okay. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it isn't that bad, assuming you did want to run like a full Scion team. I don't think that's very efficient because you're, you're basically you're missing out on on Pius, on Gottfried, on Ryan and Rouse. Um, it's uh, it, the unmodified hit roll getting another shot. It's okay. It's not great. Say you wanted to run like hot shot volley guns. Those things have four shots. Uh, it's not too crazy that you could get a six. I mean, if you have a plasma, who gets a six? You get another shot with a plasma. Yeah, but it's it's really it's a, not. It's that a great. bonus. Yeah, it's something if you say like you bought like a Tempestus Scion box and that's yeah. all you have, mm-hmm. you basically that you, you, have li- you literally don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least this way, people who only have that can still run a sub faction. Yeah. Um, which I mean, there are people that I that we've played with that for like at cer- certain points only had Scions and they were just playing with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Scions aren't bad. We'll talk about them later. Um, but yeah, they're good. I, I would rather take Scions, not have a bonus for them, and then run other things that do get bonuses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess they're, all that's left is Mordian. Um, so, Ryan, earlier I said that uh, uh, there... There, there was one that in my eyes was the worst, uh, and it's Mordian. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, yeah. I'll read it. Mordian Parade Drill. If the base of a model in your kill team is touching the base of at least two other friendly Mordian <laughs> models, add one to that model's leadership characteristic, and when that model fires Overwatch, they successfully hit on a roll of five or six. Yeah, there's just... Okay, so... <laughs> it's so if you want to play Revolutionary War and yes. like just line up all your yep. dudes and have them like yeah. stare at each other, yeah. Specifically, the British. 
in the revolution, yeah. like the red coats. Oh, yeah, 100. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 thematic. <laughs> their their whole thing is um, just you know just using outdated forms of fighting, I guess, which is <laughs> something to be said for the Astro Militarum yeah. as a whole thematically. Um, but even if it was just a base like every Mordian model Overwatch is on a five or six, I still don't think that I would take this. No, even it's... without the the sti- like the stipulant. Stip- What's the? F- I can't even get my words right. Stipulate. Even yeah, even without needing to touch two other bases of friendly models, <laughs> uh, yeah, not very good. Yeah, copy paste and turn messed up when they were going from uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles over to Kill Team. Oh um, yeah, yeah, they got rid of Warhammer Fantasy and then they just made that entire way of <laughs> playing the game this subfaction. Um, I can go on for like. 15 minutes about just like joking about this faction um real bad i love mordians actually yeah like like like, yeah like fluff wise i was considering when i was like first dabbling into 40k was converting a bunch of guardsmen to make them look like um like the old guard from uh napoleon's grand armee um and that would have been super cool i saw uh, another guy did it and it looked amazing but uh yeah, no, competitive kill team, get it out of here. This is garbage. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Honestly, guard kind of get like a bad rep for being like the most boring like team, but like some of their like stuff is kind of cool once you like really like dive it's into super it. Cool. Like Catachan's yeah. really cool. Like they're more mm-hmm. than just like basic army humans. Like which I get is like in a game like 40k where there's so much cool stuff. I think that's what makes them so special in my yeah. eyes, right? Is that it's like these guys they're just given like just mass produced just like crappy like over overpowered flashlights basically <laughs> with just supercharged flashlights and they're told go hold a defensive position against a freaking like greater demon yeah and they're just like what uh-huh. okay what? okay <laughs> uh and yeah just okay. getting cardboard boxes for body armor that's why i love them man so uh obviously katachan and talarn are the the best here right absolutely i would say yeah. if i had to pick a third place it's like a distant third i'd probably go helen like i would say but i still wouldn't really take yeah. it at this point yeah but i see the use for it in competitive but just not in this maybe in like a nova format yeah Valhalla would have like a place even then there's still a conversation to be had between that and to learn mm-hmm. uh but yeah i guess we can move on um yeah, let's talk about uh, talk about some of their tactics. The tactics, yeah, they've got some good ones. They've got uh, like fourteen of them. Uh, we're not going to touch on every single one. Yeah, but I think we should talk about some of the important ones because they have some pretty good options here. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start, Ryan? Um. Yeah. Let me bring it up. Actually, while you bring it up, I'll I'll just take the reins on this. Yeah, uh, I guess the first one. This is one that a lot of factions have. It's called Adrenal Shot for Guard. Um, it's basically when you take a mortal wound uh, for one CP, you can roll a die, and on a five up, you deny it. Uh, we've seen this from a lot of other factions. Um, I think Grey Knights have one, and we talked about that in the last episode. Uh, yeah, I mean it's good. It's I think factions. I think every faction should have a, a, an option like this um it's it's very like in a pinch you know it's good against psychic which oh yeah based, I think the, it's yeah it's the best yeah, natural it's, defense it's i think something it's something against psychic yeah yeah 
Um, like if you have like a Bulgrin, like ready to like soak a couple Cybolts up, you can pop this tactic and get two five up chances to stop it. Yeah. And that's pretty neat. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's not much to say about that. It's a good, it's a good tactic. It's only one CP. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I guess next up, just going down the line here, um, we have get down. Uh, use this tactic in your opponent's turn in the shooting phase when they choose a model from your kill team as a target and your model is obscured. Attacks that target that model in this phase suffer a minus in a excuse me an additional minus one penalty to their hit rolls. So, targets within close range, but it's obscured. Got three a ballistic skill. I would be hitting it on a five in this instance because mm-hmm. the target's obscured. Um, and then this would add minus one at long range. It would be needing a six to hit yeah for one cp i think that's pretty good yeah for it's sure. like giving a guy a temporary um uh what stealth else, or uh, camo camo cloak, cloak yeah. stealth suit something right, like that yeah yeah, yeah. um if you're if you're playing shooty you're gonna be getting in like these gunfights and i think that's like, a pretty useful tactic yeah especially if you're if you find yourself in a situation where you have a like a single model or a couple models on an objective and those guys need to stay alive for you to just keep holding that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good tactic. Uh, Sean, do you want to take aerial drop? Yeah, it's, um, it's basically one of those reserve, uh, tactics that, um, you can set up three models for one CP and it's for, um, Militarum Tempesta Scion and or Tempester Prime. So pick three of the models for one CP, drop them anywhere more than five inches away from enemy models. So the Terminator, Reaver, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, tactic. It's really Um, good here though. Because those guys yeah. can take melta guns, yeah, yeah, and there's nothing Drop them in short range. Than, yep, <laughs> yeah, nothing scarier than a melta gun popping up six inches away from your leader at the end of turn one. Uh, just because, like, I feel like most of these tactics that you see, it's not for gunners; it's for like the melee models. So that's why aerial drop in particular is so like crazy strong in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So you can drop three of these like cheap gunner guys basically in your opponent's like back line. Yeah, if they're not careful and they don't screen out against yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good as far as deep strike tactics go. It's one of the best ones in the game, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, uh, I guess I'll take. Want to do uh, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sir, yes, sir is a really good one, um, especially with the. I mean, we got the new LVO coming out, and with three CP per turn, stuff like this, these two CP tactics become even better, and they're already pretty good. So. Uh, it's two command points. Use this tactic after picking a model from your kill team to be affected by an order. All models from your kill team, other than your kill team's leader, within three inches of that model are also affected by the same order. You cannot use this tactic in the same battle round as the cunning strategy tactic. So again, we haven't talked about orders yet. We'll get to that after the tactics. But uh, this can be like really, really cost efficient, even at 2 CP. Like, yeah. Say you have like three plasma guns within two inches of each other mm-hmm. uh you you do like the take aim order mm-hmm. which is basically they get to re-roll hit rolls of one and then you you sure yes sir that's like all three of those guys basically become sniper specialists this round yeah uh and like katachan so you got like three guys that can use it and like they're all in combat 
and they're near each other, you can do this. You can do like fixed bayonets so that they fight in the shooting phase. Pop sir, yes sir. You got three guys fighting before it's even the fight phase. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really good. I mean, it's two CP, so like you don't see it that much, but I think in formats where you're where you're seeing three CP per turn, uh, this is definitely a, a big a big thing. I mean, this is we I had that video recently about action economy guard because of orders and stuff like this they really really are at the top of the game when it comes to that stuff uh ryan do you want to use cunning strategy yeah. talk about that right now yeah so cunning strategy kind of in the same vein uh use this tactic after your leader or an officer has issued an order that model may immediately issue an additional order it's just more flexibility yeah, I it's, guess it's worth noting that uh, a model can't be issued the same order twice in a round. Yeah. So you'd have to pick like a diff, different, or I mean, you'd have to pick a different order um, and, and do it again. But I, that's pretty. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways I can see of using these two tactics, Sir, Yes, Sir, and Cunning Strategy, just to chain a lot of crazy stuff that interrupts the normal flow of uh, the fight phase and the shooting phase. And it's just really great. Yeah. Um, two CP, I think that's pretty good price yeah what do you think sean yeah and you don't have to group up your guys the same way you did for sir yes sir um so especially if you're playing with with something like meltas or plasmas and you have so you have power weapons and they're trying to stay at a line of sight um well you have you can go from uh opposite end of the boards with these uh with these orders instead of um, and have now it's a lot harder to hide from from you instead of uh, sir yes sir when it's only within that little bubble um, so it's just kind of a different angle on that same effect of spreading out the orders uh, i guess moving on to uh there's defensive stand this is another one that a lot of factions have that um i mean there there are times when this might be good it's basically two cp and you overwatch on fives or sixes rather than just sixes yeah, um, not much to say about it, but I mean, there's certainly a time when it's possibly good. I I wouldn't advise using it too much. Yeah, like I could see using it on like the the scion, hot shot the scion gunner gun. with the hotshot volley gun, just because he's spitting out four shots, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's that great. Yeah, it's just uh just a more expensive way of being tau. <laughs> um okay sean do you want to do fight to the death this is like my favorite one yeah this one's great <laughs> yeah uh use this tactic before an injury roll is made for a model from from your kill team apply a negative one modifier to the injury roll one command point um so <laughs> is it better than just re-rolling the i mean i guess if you have enough cp to do this with and have the option to re-roll like it's good but um you know, the injury roll is already one of the uh, kind of maybe uh, feel bad moments of kill team. Just yeah. uh, that kind of coin flip uh, after many other coin flips. Um, so anytime you get to modify that, it's it's nice. But um, I like so. it against psychic. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you don't really have other than the adrenal shot. Uh, you don't have. You don't get a save against psychic. Oh, uh, I totally like the odds. Are, this. The odds are better this is using when it's... this than using the uh, the stim shot or whatever that is against psychic, right? Because with the stim shot, you need a five up to ignore. Yeah, yeah. 
I totally. What was that, Sean? I was thinking of this on offense, but this is for defense. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, especially like if you're in college. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, it's, it's just another way to keep your guys alive. Yeah. Um, like if you're, yeah, if you're in cover and you're in like getting shot at and you're within an inch of cover, then suddenly you're only going out on a six. Yeah. And so that's probably that's, the best time to use this because that limits the usefulness of a reroll for your opponent. Um, figure if you are, if you're not in cover and they're taking you out on a four up and then you make it a five up, um, they're still like, it's slightly better than 50% if they're willing to reroll it. Um, yeah. So, but if you're in cover and it would be a five up and now it's a six up, like that's not re worth rerolling. Um, so, so that's, that's when this really shines, I guess. So if you're looking at um, a guy that likes to fight or shoot from mid range to long range and with kind of peeking out behind cover, um, then this, uh, this will do a good job in protecting them. Yeah, uh, I think there's really only one other tactic that I think is probably worth mentioning. Uh, and for me, that's uh, reconnaissance protocols. Kind of situational, but it's basically like you get a vet move on like a uh, a scion model from your kill team. It's at the start of the first battle round. It's a it's one CP. It's instead of making a vet move, I guess it would be like you make two D six normal move. Um, it's uh, I mean, there's definitely some potential maybe for some like crazy vet move cheese where like you make like a tempester with a power fist a veteran and then you use reconnaissance protocols to move him 2d6 and then you vet move to advance him and then you know like get in your opponent's yeah. face kind of like niche but i don't know it's an interesting i don't i don't think it's that niche actually um when i first read this tactic my first thought was well why don't i just use aerial drop because that it's the same CP cost, and I have a much greater chance of getting a model within an efficient engagement distance mm -hmm. by just airdropping them. What I wasn't considering at the time was I can use this on arena. Oh yeah. So this tactic is it's I mean it's one CP. It's totally viable in arena. Yeah. It's viable in arena. You can use it and then ready. Um, <laughs> instead of instead of making a move um so now you know on a veteran you you know you could do the same thing but <laughs> you could do this with any model then that's not a veteran yeah or if you're uh, well it has to be a scion but yeah you're right it doesn't right have to right be right. A vet right but it doesn't have to be a vet spec yeah yeah and, you're yeah, hey, if, and if you're uh if you're playing in europe you and, and your tos are forcing oh. you to not charge after advancing with a vet wow. move. You can uh, you could use this as like a budget uh, vet move plus charge. <laughs> oh yes, you totally can. Um, hey, you don't advance, you move two d six. That's so, right. Th to be fair though, this can also screw you over because you can get snake eyes and suddenly you're spending one cp to just oh. move two inches. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, usually you're gonna get like seven, seven, eight. You know. Yeah. That's uh, what the other cp is for. Just tack re-roll it, and then you roll snake eyes again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's also cooked grenade. I sh so it's interesting. That tactic is in is uh, interesting. It is interesting. Uh, do you want to read it, or should I? I'll, I'll read it. Um, <laughs> use this tactic when you choose a model from your kill team to make a shooting attack with a frag grenade. Instead of determining the number of attacks for that shooting attack, roll a d6 on a roll of 1. That model suffers a mortal wound, and the attack sequence ends. 
So your guardsman, he can pull the pin, cook the grenade, cook it for too long accidentally, and uh, mortally wound himself. <laughs> um, but on a roll of a two-up, until the end of the phase, change the weapons type to grenade six. So, I mean, this would be... It's only one CP. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're against a T3, you, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, if you're getting charged by something. Yeah. That makes sense to be using a frag grenade on Overwatch. I mean, yeah, I guess. The first time I read this, I it's didn't a... realize that it specified frag grenade. Yeah. And uh, right. I was like, whoa, can you make a crack grenade? <laughs> six? Like, can you? Yeah, can you make six a... shots? Yeah. But no, it's only frag grenade. But like against like a, like a T3 kind of weaker model, if you really want to get something... With yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a T3 model like that Termagons charges or a Poxwalker yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Only one CP, so I can't really like call it trash. It's It's got its moments. Anyway, I mean, I think that's pretty much all the worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, um, the, secondaries? Or not secondaries. Tactics. <laughs> tactics. Yeah, uh, the Vengeance for Cadia 1 is interesting, but under very specific circumstances... Um, use this tactic when you choose a model from your kill team to shoot or fire Overwatch, and the target is a Heretic Astartes model. You can reroll failed hit and wound rolls for your model against that Heretic Astartes model, and it's 2 CP. I think it costs too much, but if you're Overwatching with like a Flamer against a uh, a, a Corn Berserker. I, I think it might be worth it because you're going to be auto hitting anyway with the flamer, yeah. But you're re-rolling all of your wound rolls, or just like a uh, like a regular shooting attack with like a hotshot volley gun, you could get like a lot of hits and wounds through. Yeah, I don't know. Or like a, even a plasma gun, like yeah. your guy basically gets a sniper bonus but better. Yeah, but it's two CP and it's only against it's heretic only against heretic. Yeah, so I don't even know yeah. if cultists would qualify under it. I think they have that Because that's, that's the faction keyword, Heretic right. Astartes. Okay. Servants yeah. of the Abyss, some Servants of the Abyss models would also get the Heretic Astartes keyword. Oh, so. really? Yeah. Okay. Worth worth talking about. Uh, anyway, I guess, do we want to make the shift and talk about orders and then talk about the units? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I could get on my soapbox and talk forever about how amazing orders are because, I mean, I'm really high on... The, the term action economy, um, basically being able to expand that and, and do actions and activate your models more often than a normal model can activate. Um, and Militarum are like crazy about this. They can do so much more with with a single model than, than most factions can. Um, so basically the way that orders work is your leader uh, can, at the start of the shooting phase, can issue an order to any model within 12 inches. Um, and I, they don't have to have a line of sight on that model. It's just if you're within 12 inches, your leader can issue an order on you. Um, so these orders basically allow them to do things that they wouldn't normally be able to do based on like the, what they did in the movement phase. So like there's six orders uh, and you choose one. Um, and it's worth noting that your leader can't issue himself an order, obviously. <laughs> we say uh, obviously, yeah, but... but some people might try it. So if somebody yeah. tries to do that, call them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is actually an instance where it is it is definitely the, always going to be the right choice to take like the weak leader because you don't want your leader to be strong because then your leader can't or that that model can't take orders. Um, right. But I guess let's go down the, the orders. Uh, the first one is take aim. Uh, so the model that you issue the take aim order to 
can reroll hit rolls of one for the uh, for the until the end of the phase. Um, so this is for the shooting phase because this happens in the shooting phase. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you pick a model and it's okay. You're a sniper specialist this turn. Yeah. Um, pretty good if you have like a plasma guy near your leader that is going to get shots off and you he's not a sniper and you want to reroll ones and overcharge. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. And then, like we said earlier, if you're chaining that with the uh, the Surya Sir, yeah. you got like however many models within three inches of each other, all all of a sudden become sniper specs. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, later we'll see how <laughs> how much that matters with this because of how many plasma guns you could take. That's right. <laughs> Uh, the next one is Bring It Down. Uh, this is the same thing, except it's Wound Rolls of One. Uh, this is really good if you're issuing this to a Flamer who is in range of, you know, whatever. Um, they can, because they don't have to worry about the hit roll. So suddenly your Flamer is rerolling all Wound Rolls of One. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, definitely very solid. Uh, but those two are like kind of, I don't want to say basic bonuses because they're both really good, but I think it's the other ones to me that really stick out as being like you're you're almost breaking the game with the stuff that you're allowed to do with your models. Uh, and we'll start with forwards for the Emperor. So uh, this model can, the ordered model can shoot even if it advanced in the previous movement phase. So this is basically like, say you're running like Catachan, but you still have like one gunner who like advanced the plasma. Uh, bam, they can shoot with their plasma now as mm -hmm. if they didn't do that. Um, this is really good. Uh, and even if you are <laughs> playing Talarn, um, you can use this on heavy weapons, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good point. Cause it does so, not specify heavy weapons. Yeah. Right. So hotshot volley guns can advance and then, and then do their full shots. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah, yeah they can. Cause the hotshots, uh, that's a hotshot volley four. Four. It is a, four, it yeah. is a heavy weapon, but they don't get their, they don't benefit from the Talarn uh, sub faction trait, right. but this you can this, this order overrides it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one. This is a really good one. Uh, two. This is this model can shoot this phase even if it fell back in the movement phase. <laughs> Flamer, um, baby. That's yep. all I gotta say. Flamer can do some crazy stuff. I mean, even if like a plasma falls back. Again, like there's so many good shooting models that these types of abilities uh, can really benefit them. Melting on falling back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty good. Um, move 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 is the fifth one. This is a really good one too, just because it's like it's you know movement is king in this game a lot For of the sure. time. Uh, instead of shooting this phase, the ordered model immediately makes an advance move as if it were the movement phase. So a guy goes one place, your opponent reacts to that. Uh, you hit them with move, 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 and suddenly that guy is not where they were before. Psych. Uh, yeah. Um, additionally, you can get a guy onto an objective that he couldn't quite reach or something mm -hmm. like that. You can move him out of line of sight. You can, uh, there's just endless stuff you can do with 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 these tactics and then and that and that move breaks the the order too so um say you had initiative as militarum but you get into position then they get to move and you know put one of your models in danger move 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 triggers before readied initiative models get to shoot so because it's um because it says the ordered model immediately makes an advanced mm -hmm. move, not makes an advanced move when it would have shot. It yeah. immediately makes an advanced move before your opponent has an opportunity to shoot them at all. Um, so you can kind of get them into a safe spot. Um, 
which may also be in a better position to shoot themselves or, you know, only to get them into a better position. So um, it's a nice way to kind of beat the initiative problem in this game. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite one, uh, fixed bayonets. Uh, this is really good, especially with Katachan. Uh, this order can only be issued to a model within one inch of an enemy model. The ordered model immediately fights as if it were the fight phase. So basically it's worth noting that this doesn't prevent, this doesn't take up like the, say your model charges uh, and then you order fixed bayonets. This model can still fight again in the fight phase, Yeah. even though it, it already fought here in the shooting phase with fixed bayonets. Um, so say you have like a, like a Tempester or something with a power fist mm -hmm. who charges in, you order fixed bayonets and they get two attacks hitting on fours of the power fist. And then when the fight phase comes, they get to fight again with two more attacks. Um, yeah, this is pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, really fantastic. Uh, use of, of an order at times it can straight up like win a game or you say you get charged suddenly you get to make two attacks with this model before the model that charged them does yeah so it's like you always have to think twice about charging like a strong melee model for guard yeah it's for sure game breaking yeah uh and yeah that's so that's all the orders um i mean this is just action economy heaven <laughs> like yeah it's kind of like their whole thing it's a here. it's a buffet man you've got something for man like every kind of like situation or tough spot that you're in it's almost like you have an answer for it yeah uh and i guess now we can we can talk about the models yeah themselves so the the first two data sheets uh we can kind of just talk about them all as one but i guess it's worth mentioning that there is like they are two different data sheets and that's the infantry squad guardsman and the special weapons squad guardsman um pretty much the same yeah they're, yeah, they're basically the same. You can only take one regular guardsman gunner, but you can take three special weapons gunners. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual weapons that they can take are the same, and point the, costs are the same too. Right? Point costs are the same. Data sheets are the exact same. Strength three, toughness three, one wound, one attack, leadership six, five up save, uh, six inch movement. I mean, that's just the guardsman profile. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess it's worth pointing out the sergeant before we get into the actual guns that the gunners can take. Uh, the sergeant is that profile that I just described, except he has two attacks instead of one, and he has seven leadership instead of six. Um, so I guess just talking, uh, we'll I'll talk about these at the same time. A regular special weapons guardsman and a regular guardsman is armed with a las gun and frag grenades, and they can't be customized. Um, the guardsman gunner and the special weapons gunners can take. They can replace their las gun with a flamer, grenade launcher, melta gun, plasma gun, or sniper rifle. Pretty good options there. Um, oh, yeah. And then the sergeant is armed with a LAS pistol, chainsword, and frag grenades, but they can replace their bolt pistol, or their LAS pistol with either a bolt pistol or plasma, and they can replace their chainsword with a power sword. So the the nice thing about fixed bayonets with a sergeant, for instance, if the sergeant's not your leader, um, you can... You have this six-point model with a power sword with two attacks, strength four with if it's Katachan, and you can have them basically make four attacks with a power sword. Mm -hmm. uh, for six points, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and two of those mm -hmm. attacks, they they override models that charge and all that other stuff. Man, that is yeah. insane. Uh, oh, and the most important thing about the two separate data sheets is for the regular infantry squad guardsman profile, um, only the sergeant can be a leader. But for the special up in squad guardsman profile, 
any of them can be a leader. So like a special yeah. weapons guardsman with just a las gun can be your leader. Yeah. So that can be your cheap guy uh, making orders at the back. Right. Uh, basically allows your sergeant or your tempester who would otherwise be a leader to receive orders and, and do stuff with mm-hmm. their really cool kits. Actually be useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also a, a guardsman, um, a regular guardsman can take a vox caster. Yeah. Uh, which basically, if there's a Vox caster on the battlefield that isn't shaken, then uh, you can re-roll failed nerf tests for all Astro Militarum models. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah. It's great. Great piece of kit. Uh, anything you guys want to say about those models, the basic guardsmen and special weapons guardsmen? Um, I have a new appreciation for these guys. Um I didn't watch the whole movie, but I just saw Starship Troopers a little bit that recently. <laughs> um, so I was like, I always glossed over these guys because I thought they were kind of boring. But then after watching a bit of that, it's like, yeah, okay, I can I can dig this. this uh, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's we a bug hunt. Yeah, yeah. You ever <laughs> if you ever seen um, was it uh, Aliens was the was the second one right? Yeah, it was, it was Alien, Alien and then Aliens. And aliens. Yeah, Aliens were all the Colonial Marines going. Do the bug hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That goes well for them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes <laughs> great. Um, All right. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else to say about guys. Yeah. Then. They're just, uh, they're these, are, these, these data sheets are the source of four of your total of eight plasma guns that you can take. Yeah. Or any other combination of, um, of uh, special weapons. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest drawback to these guys isn't that they're really easy to kill. It's that they have four ballistic skill. Yeah. So obscured, you're hitting on fives. Long range, you're hitting on fives. Both sixes. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not great. Yeah. If um, you're yeah. if you're playing like arena or something, and you want to uh, take a bunch of flamers, give it to these guys, because then their ballistic still doesn't matter, because they'll just be auto hitting with those flamers. Yeah. Um, I guess the regular gun that they're armed with is a las gun. Uh, I'll I'll read it, but it's it's a very unimpressive <laughs> profile. It's 24-inch rapid-fire one, strength three, zero AP, one damage. It is the free weapon that you get on a five-point guardsman. Yeah, it's... uh, It's the right hand of the Imperium. (laughs) So, yeah, those gunners are going to be pretty important for you. (laughs) You can't tell. (laughs) Uh, Do we want to talk about Scions now? When do you guys want to take that? Yeah, Sean, you want to talk about uh, Scions? Yeah, so... uh... Scions, very similar to those guys with just a couple uh, very important buffs. So Scions have a 6-inch move, 4-up weapon skill, 3-up ballistic skill. That's Mm -hmm. the first very important upgrade. Uh, Strength 3, toughness 3, 1 wound, 1 attack, leadership of 6, save of 4-up. So that's... Instead of 5, yeah. Yeah, and these guys, instead of being 5 points each, they are 9 points each. Um, So... And then for, in terms of other options, you can get a Scion Gunner. Oh, well, you can get up to four Scion Gunners um, that can have uh, the same, it looks like exactly the same upgrades as the... Except the, the other Hotshot Guardsman. Volley Gun. Yeah, and then the... Uh, they the, also have the Hotshot Laz Gun Laz just as their yeah. base weapon. Yeah. Right, so their, their base gun uh, has the upgrade of being AP-2... Um, but it is 18-inch um, rapid-fire one instead of 24-inch. Yeah, still um, strength three as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, AP minus two is like a pretty sweet place to be. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Even, even though you're you're only at a strength three, um, 
I don't want to say it's more important to have the higher AP, but having AP instead of strength is nice in that it takes reroll options. It makes your opponent's rerolls way less good. Um, you know, mm-hmm. handing them over, giving them an armor save of a three up is like is really crappy. So you know, a bolt yeah. gun hitting hitting a three up save is really bad. But if they suddenly have to make a five up save, like that's a lot trickier. And then the, their reroll, it's like they they really have to think about it then. And you know, if they decide to do it, they they could just be throwing away that CP. Where if you fail a three up save, it's just like you roll your eyes, but then you spend your CP and you roll it again. If you know, and you'll you'll probably get it then. Um, so even though it's only strength three, like AP minus two is really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like you said with the gunners, it's uh, the same weapon choices, except basically they just kind of got rid of the bad ones, like the sniper rifle and the grenade launcher. I guess they can't, the gunners can't take that, but you're not going to take that anyway. Yeah, they figured uh, it out. And then the hot shot volley gun is is excellent. Um, I'll read that one out because uh, this is a specific weapon that no other faction gets. Uh, it's a 24 inch heavy four strength for AP minus two, one damage. So put a heavy on that guy. Um, that's really good. Uh, give them some orders like reroll hit rolls a one or, you know, there, there's a lot that they can, they can do with that. Uh, hot shot volley guns, pretty strong. Yeah. And it's got the same problem. Um, I mean, it, it still costs three points like the other guns do. Um, but, it's and it's still a, a one damage weapon so you know i feel like i don't know if you guys play magic at all but you know the dice to doom blade argument of yeah it's okay except this one situation is what makes it really bad um so it's a it's a one damage weapon which stinks um but at four shots on bliss of skill three um you got a really good chance of getting to that yeah. to that injury roll you know and if they're just, heavy yeah no no yeah, you can get another shot on them for one cp so it's basically becomes heavy five uh five shots is a lot of shots to have on any weapon especially a weapon with ap minus two so yeah and so and that's a 12 yeah or no a 13 point model to have a cyan gunner with with a the hot shot gun so then compare that to like a 12 point like basic tack marine with a bolt gun compared to to this guy you know that's no nobody nobody <laughs> yeah nobody yeah. plays stack marines but you know that that's a huge upgrade uh into this gun here yeah yeah i was gonna say scions they're i mean like their base state uh stat line excuse me is uh it's identical to that of a of a space marine scout except um they just have some different arguably better weapon options just because of the variety of weapons they can take they don't have like missile launchers yeah. Well, the but scouts like, are at least strength four, toughness four. Oh yeah, that and the is scions true. are three and three. That is true. So they 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 go down pretty easy. Uh, they still got the four up save, which is a nice upgrade over a five up save. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to talk about the tempester because this is my favorite model that Militarm can take. Um, so this this is basically the sergeant equivalent for the scions. Uh, six inch movement, three up weapon skill, three up ballistic skill, strength three, toughness three, one wound. Two attacks, seven leadership instead of six. Uh, still the four-up save. Um, what's nice about this guy is that you can give him a power fist. Uh, you can replace... He, he's armed with a chainsword last pistol, or a hotshot last pistol and a chainsword. Um, but you can replace that chainsword with a power fist or power sword. 
Uh, and even though that, like, say you're running Catachan and you have like a big melee focus, these guys don't benefit from the Catachan bonus, but still a power fist on a Tempestor is still strength six, um, two attacks hitting on fours. And if you, uh, if you use fixed bayonets on them, that's four attacks with a power fist, strength six, AP three, D three damage. That's crazy. Um, and I believe that model is 12 points. Yep. Only 12 points for, for that. That's very good. It's so cheap. Uh, and you can replace their hotshot last pistol with a uh, bolt pistol or plasma pistol. The plasma pistol is only one point, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think so as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, actually, plasma pistol on like the sergeant and Tempester isn't that bad either because no, you can always order them to reroll hit rolls of one and supercharging yes overcharge it it's uh, turns them into a pretty decent flex model yeah yeah very much so so that's a 13 point model if they have the power fist and the plasma pistol but still really good especially with with orders so that's why it's really important for you to make your leader one of those special weapons guardsmen yeah i kind of want to make a scion team i don't own any military models but i really like the um the Necromunda Palanite Enforcer Patrol models, and uh, they yeah. would make awesome Scions. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, like, perfect for Scions, and they're really sweet looking. Yeah. So. Scions get bonus points for looking really cool. They do. <laughs> they're yeah. like the, uh, the ODST from Halo. That's what I always Yeah, think speaking of ODST, um, I love the idea of dropping three of these guys oh, yeah, down the aerial from drop. reserves with their aerial drop, and they just... Mm -hmm. just pull up with the melta guns yeah you could drop three cyan gunners with melta guns or plasma guns yeah. just like right behind like your your like enemy's back line yeah and uh that's terrifying yeah or here's a uh here's a tactic that i was just thinking of uh just now as we were talking about these guys um say you've got a bunch of scions um and it's on open format so you can use aerial drop or you can bring them on into your into um, your deployment zone for free. Um, set them all up within three inches of each other, mm -hmm. and then have your officer, or sorry, not your officer, your leader, use the two CP to issue orders. Mm -hmm. Just like in case there's an objective either in front of yeah. you or downrange from you where they where you can set them all up to kind of have line of sight it's a, it's a it's just you can turn one you can watch your opponent make all the moves then at the end of the movement phase you can bring all your models on from reserves and then you can just set up just like an artillery barrage basically yeah. and they can't they are powerless to stop it yeah that's just that's, really that's, really good potential there yeah i'm I might do, I might do Astro Militarum next. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty scary combo. Uh, yeah, I mean the aerial drop for, for these guys is one of the scariest deep strikes in the game. Drop three like thirteen point gunners. Yeah, man, you don't care if they die. They're only thirteen points. Especially when you you've have got, a bunch of guardsmen at five points. Yeah, you've objectives. got you've got eight models with some sort of special weapons, either melted guns or plasma guns. It's like, oh one of them died. Oh, <laughs> If he if he kills a model that is worth far more than him, like any sort of space marine, uh, like yeah, it's just the return on investment potential with single models in this kill in this uh, kill team faction is uh, it's hard to beat. Yeah, hard to yeah. beat. Yeah, 
and you can, you know, when you're valuing models, you need to kind of consider, you know, what is what is the value of the model based on its own stats, but then what is also the value of the model based on its weapon stats? Um, and, you know, the more I play this game, the more I start to really consider, like, almost skipping over, like, scroll past all the all the data sheets for the, for the models themselves and go straight to what weapons that faction can take mm -hmm. and say, okay, that weapon is sweet. It's, you know, how much does it cost? Who's allowed to take it? Um, so when you have these high strength, high AP, high damage weapons um, that that are really good and going to have a huge impact on the game, you know, at a point it doesn't really matter if that really, really powerful weapon is on a 30-something point Terminator or if it's on a 10-point Scion Gunner. That weapon being on the board is what's going to make a big difference, not necessarily the strength of the body it's on. Um, mm -hmm. so exactly when you can put a Melta on your, behind your opponent's deployment zone for only 13 points in one CP, um, like that is going to disrupt a lot of stuff and you just, there's so much potential to get so much value out of that 13 point model, taking down a much more expensive model that in theory was really buff, but nothing looks all that buff once it has a Melta gun five inches away from it. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Can I can I also propose a different scenario that's equally as terrifying? Say you're playing a melee horde, like uh, not even a horde, but just a pure melee team, like you're running a bunch of orcs or like harlequins or something, and suddenly within eight inches, three scion flamers drop Teleport directly in you. front of you or <laughs> behind you. Uh, I mean, really, what do you even? That what response do you have? Like if I'm playing orc boys, like I have a say I have like a few knobs, like a standard like orc list now, like you have like a few knobs and like a bunch of boys. If three scions drop in front of my boys who are probably holding like shootas at best, there is no response for me. Not my I boys. Am getting, yeah, those guys are flammable. They are getting <laughs> toasted. Uh, yeah. So scion gunners, excellent. Very excellent. Yeah. Uh, basically scions in general. Uh, they don't need to benefit from sub factions to be very good. No. Very effective models for your kill team. Uh, when you think about it, like a lot of the shooting sub factions too are kind of just making up for the fact that guardsmen have four up ballistic skill. And mm -hmm. scions, they don't need it because they already have three up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, don't look at scions as being like this extra thing that doesn't really fit because they don't no, get the, the sub faction. They're, they're already good. They don't need it. They're yep. very great. And they don't, having them in your kill team doesn't prevent you from having the other sub factions for your guys. So, yeah. So all you people trying to cheat, you're dumb. Wanted yeah. I guess about the uh, the ogren, the big boys. I love these guys. Yeah. Well, I don't really love the ogrens, but well, I'll start with the ogren. So the ogren. I guess the most important thing to say about these guys first and foremost is they are uh, for an ogren is 26 points. Uh, there's the ogren bonad who's 27 points. Uh, I'll just read the, the data sheet. Uh, and a regular ogren. Uh, or an Ogren Bonad is six inch movement, three up weapon skill, four up ballistic skill, strength five, toughness five, uh, three wounds, three attacks, four for the Ogren Bonad, uh, seven leadership for the Ogren, eight for the Bonad, and uh, five up saves. Um, they're armed with a Ripper gun and frag bombs. Uh, and this is the only weapon that they can take. So I'll read that because this is pretty important to explaining why Ogrens are bad. Um, a Ripper gun. <laughs> is uh well first the frag bombs they're just frag grenades except they're strength four so ignore that that's all right whatever yuck um 
Uh, the Ripper gun, it's one of those weapons where it has a melee and a range profile. Uh, the range profile is 12-inch Assault 3, Strength 5, 0 AP, 1 damage. Not great, um, especially because they have 4 up ballistic skill and it's only 12 inches. Uh, yeah. And Strength 5 is okay, but not going to come in handy that often unless you're against like a horde with like really weak guys that you can kind of gun down. And then the melee profile is Strength User, so 5, AP 1, 1 damage. Uh, for 26 points, that's not enough. No. Especially because these guys, yeah, they're toughness five with three wounds, but they have a five up save and they no invuln. They can survive, but they, yeah, they have no invuln. So you walk up with a multi damage weapon and yeah. they explode. And then you just <laughs> thunder hammer them and then they just yeah. explode. Yeah. Not, not that great. Oh, they have the ability avalanche of muscle. Uh, Bulgrins also have this. Um, you can add one to the attacks characteristic of this model. In the fight phase of any battle round in which it charged, this ability may only be used the first time this model fights this round. I mean, that's not that. Yeah. Um, They're a shooting model, and they fight better than shooting. Yeah. Uh, so They're bad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very underwhelming. Um, they don't get sub-faction bonuses, so they're mm. not going up to, like, strength six with Katachan. They, they can't take orders because they're literally too dumb. Um, <laughs> they're literally, yeah, that's the lore reason, right? Yeah, they're they're st- literally too stupid to understand. <laughs> yeah. Anything new you guys want to say about Ogrins? So I'm just trying to compare this to like, I don't know. So I pl- I've been playing more Tyranids lately. So I'm comparing this to like a Tyranid warrior who it's a comparable, uh, point cost. And they also rely on having three wounds, but they have a four up save. They don't, they only have a toughness a four instead of a five. So it's another one of those high toughness, high wounds to make up for the low save. Um, and what I've learned from playing with that is that's, I don't think that's really good enough. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't know. And it like tiered warriors at least can, can shoot decently well. Um, Cause they have, uh, you know, you're taking like a venom cannon on it or a, a uh, not a devourer, death spitter. That's like strength five, AP minus one, three shots, but has a long range too. So, um, you know, I think just to go back to you, you know, compare the strength of the weapon to the to the body it's on. Um, you know, five. This guy's at his best probably in melee, and three attack strength five, weapon skill three, or you're taking a scion gunner that with a ballistic skill of three shooting a plasma at strength eight ap minus three two damage like it's like i don't know it for half the points has more offensive output and it's in the shooting phase when it's not going to get as easily hit back um the ogrens need to be you know slogging their way across the field and taking fire with only a five up save before they can um you know, really get in there and, and do damage. And I think at that point it might be too late. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that before I get into the Bulgarians, the only thing that Ogrens have over them is the Ripper gun is a little bit better than the ranged option for the Bulgrin. Um, but you don't want to take these guys for to be like a ranged shooter. Um, the in, in every other like facet, the Bulgarin is better. So I like if you, if you have in a team that has can take like eight plasma 
you're not picking up a bullgrin or an ogren. I'm sorry to to increase your your shooting power. It's no. just not happening. Yeah. Um. So I guess I'll move on to the bullgrin then. Uh, I love the bullgrin, uh, but it's worth pointing out. It's 37 points base yeah. before you kit it out, which you're going to want to kit it out. Uh, then the uh, bonehead, the bullgrim bonehead is 38 points, so an additional one. It's got the same data sheet, except uh, they have a four-up save instead of a five-up. Um, they're armed with a grenadier gauntlet, frag bombs, and a slab shield. So first thing, the grenadier gauntlet, this is the range weapon I was talking about. It's 12-inch assault D6, strength four, zero AP, one damage. Uh, this sucks. So it's so. assault one is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's not auto-hitting or anything, so it's actually assault D6. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Um the frag bombs, I talked about that already. Slab shield. Now, this is where it starts to where yeah. it starts to see a difference before you even get into the what you what else you can kit them out with. Slab shield gives them a four up. Um, or, yeah, it gives them a... Uh, you add two to saving throws made against attacks that target a model with a slab shield. Um, now, a slab shield is three points to take on them. So, a Bulgrin... Um, and this is including like obviously the points cost. So it's like you're actually saving points if you take the alternative, which is a brute shield. You can replace your slab shield with a brute shield, which instead of adding two, which basically makes them have a two up save with no invuln, um, a brute shield is just a flat four up invuln, which mm-hmm. a lot of the time is going to be better. Um, and uh, a brute shield is zero points. So the Bulgrin base when it comes to the slab shield is 40 points uh you drop that and it's 37 and then you can replace the grenadier gauntlet that crappy weapon we were just talking about with a bulgrin maul which is just a melee weapon it's strength plus two so strength seven ap1 which is like a sweet spot which we've talked about before ap1 is pretty good flat two damage on a on a big model like this with you know four up invuln three wounds uh, strength five, toughness five, and unlike a lot of other big models that cost a lot, these guys get six inch movement. It's not like a Terminator where they are sacrificing their movement to be big and strong. Uh, yeah, so I mean, if you drop the the slab shield for a brute shield and you take a bulgur maul, it's thirty nine points. Yeah, so it's a steep investment, but I really like this model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Um, once has a four up in bull, it um it goes. Uh, it's a pretty decent matchup against plasma guns, because even if it manages to get through the four up in bull, it can eat an overcharged plasma, and not mm-hmm. get to the injury roll because of the three wounds. Yeah. So I really like three wound models for that reason specifically. Yeah. Not to mention uh, an overcharged plasma still only wounds on threes against a bulgur. Yes, yeah, exactly. Five. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's enough of a reason to take them instead of like three scions, <laughs> you know, because I guess with three scions, it's... one of them could still die to an overcharged plasma when you have two more shooters, yeah. you know, it's but yeah, you know. it's definitely matchup dependent and format dependent. Yeah, well, I've been, yeah, definitely format dependent. In uh, Kill Hold lately, I've been running a Catachan list, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, and I have a veteran Bulgrin with the Brute Shield and the Maul, who I have been straight up running like every game that I run this list. Um, 
the nice thing about having a really expensive model like this is uh, around a faction like guard is a guard have a lot of other models that are pretty cheap so mm-hmm. taking a bulgren doesn't mean that you're going to have like five models like say when you take like a terminator for astartes if you take a terminator you're probably only gonna run like four or five models maybe six yeah um but bull like you can take a bulgren and still have like clock out at around like that mid-range like nine to twelve models maybe um and yeah i mean two damage flats amazing this guy can get in your face turn one with a vet move charge and uh be basically almost impossible to kill while being able to basically like deal a lot of damage out with that that damage to boulder and maul um, i'm a huge fan of it personally uh, and they have that avalanche of muscle ability so like if you have a boulder and bonehead and he charges he gets five attacks with that boulder and maul so that's pretty crazy what sort of specialisms can they take combat i assume can they also uh, take zealot or well, technically you can make a bonehead a leader I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, and they, if you do this, by the way, this is disastrous because Bulgrins, not only are they too dumb to take orders, they're also too dumb to give orders. They don't have the voice of command <laughs> ability. Do not make a Bulgrin or an Ogrin your leader. Um, but yeah, they can be a combat. They can be a demo. Uh, don't do that either. <laughs> uh, they can be a heavy. Don't do that either. Or they'd be a veteran. My favorite okay. is veteran because these guys don't really need more attacks. They already have three base. Mm-hmm. A bonehead has four. And they have avalanche With muscle. Avalanche, yeah. Uh, but the veteran is awesome. You can vet move a bulgrin into like way up the board, and suddenly you have this this hulking like raid boss that your your <laughs> opponent <laughs> has to deal with. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of it. But is there anything else you guys want to say about the bulgrin? I don't I think know, so. I'm just uh, know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, just the opportunity cost of taking um, a thirty-seven or forty-part model when you know you have uh, can be swarming or using scions with with those sweet weapons or or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an awesome model. So just got to look at uh, what else is happening in the packet and what else is happening on your team and make sure that it's not such a sweet model that it just has a big bullseye on its head. You know, you got to have a make them kind of present multiple threats so that they have to kind of split their attention and not be able to just focus this guy down and then leave yourself with nothing else. So, yeah, um, yeah. I guess we should talk about the most some of the most important models for guard that you can't (laughs) find in the elites book or the core manual. uh, And that is the the Blackstone Fortress guys. Right. And and, and girls. So. I mean, Gottfried's the, the the obvious one that we want to start with. Um, do you guys want to talk about him? Should I? What's? I'll talk about Gottfried. Right. I got his data sheet right in front of me. So um, we can... Maybe you guys might disagree with me, but I think the, the core model to any good Imperial Guard or Astra Militarum roster... Is this model right here, and that's Godfrey de Montbard. Um, <laughs> uh, he is a advisor, so he's not affected by uh, the voice of command ability. Um, his movement is six, weapon skill three, ballistic skill four, strength three, toughness three, uh, three wounds, four attacks, leadership eight, uh, four up save, and he is equipped with a power sword. 
so strength three, AP three, one damage. Um, he also has a storm shield, so he's got that three up invuln, mm-hmm. which paired with the uh, the three wounds that he comes with for some reason is very nice. Yeah. Um, and then he has uh, hacking advance as one of his abilities. So uh, each unmodified hit roll of six made for his attacks in the fight phase scores uh, two hits instead of one. Then he also has Expert Fighter because he counts as a combat specialist, so he gets an extra attack. So in reality, he's got five attacks with exploding sixes. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's a beast, Yeah. Man. The most important part that you left out, he's only 20 points. Oh, yes. How could I forget? I've said it <laughs> so many times on yeah. this podcast Very and dumb. on our channal that it's just... And he gets Catachan, so you can get him up to strength four. Mm-hmm. And they, he actually used to be even more broken because they actually had to fix it. They, he used to yeah. be able to take orders. So he could, like, <laughs> fix bayonets with, with Gottfried. Oh, um, yeah, this is the dumb. Okay, so what a time it yeah. was. You're never going to make, like, your, <laughs> like those combat guys I was talking about, like the Tempester or, like, the Bulgrim Bonad. This is the reason you're not going to make them a combat. Yeah. That's because you're going to have Gottfried in your team at all times. Uh, and he is he is a combat spec. At all so. times. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, can you, there is never a time, in my opinion, where you should not have Gottfried in your list. No. He is so mm. good at everything. Like, he's, well, not everything, but, you know, he can, he's good against everything. Yeah, he's great for Catachance because, obviously, he becomes strength four, and he's just a melee powerhouse, so he synergizes really well with that faction. But also, he works with, well with um, Gunline uh, Guard, just because he's just a body that can either intercept um, close combat models that are coming the way, or he can sit on an objective that's being swarmed by other models and just tank and tank and tank. Yeah. Um, he can advance forward ahead of your one wound guys, soak up psychic attacks. He's so versatile and he's mm-hmm. cost. He's he's so cheap, man. Yeah. You can't not take him. Yeah, that list that I was telling you about, it has Gottfried and that Bulgren guy with the brute shield. Like throwing those two guys at your opponent. It's, it's just threat saturation. Yeah. What, what do you even do about those two guys? Like, do you um, even want to invest it? There's many times that I've faced Godfrey. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to like sink attacks into this guy because mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem efficient. But he's on this point and he's like, he's he's so deadly. It's like, it's just so hard to justify yeah. killing him sometimes, but he's so good. It's just th- he works very well with uh, threat saturation. Really gross model. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean, you got any special thoughts on Gottfried you want to share? Um, no. They need to FAQ the, the points. Not FAQ. Errata the points. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. 20 he points. To, if, yeah, what what would you guys points. here's a little experiment. What would you what what do you think he should cost? Oh man. Ah, uh, I want to say 35. Nah. 35. He's, I would say 30. Yeah. So that might just be a knee-jerk reaction as an Astartes player just cuz it's like so it so we need to throw GW a bone here and understand that they need to price him low enough so that people will buy the box that he comes in oh, because okay. yeah. it's not a for like, was it Blackstone Fortress? Right. So, yeah, you know, you need to buy like an expansion for a game that you might not play to get this model. So I, I, I kind of think that's part of why he's so cheap. 
they they want it to be appealing enough that people go buy that box. And I'm sorry to be like that, but they are they are <laughs> no, a model. They're, they're a business, and it is they are a model making company first and a game company second. So they need to give people a reason. You know, they need to entice you to buy these extra boxes of models. So, um, so uh, yeah, twenty five. You got wrong. You know, <laughs> still uh, cheap. Twenty five. Uh, yeah. probably yeah. still under. Yeah, still underpriced at that. Um, yeah, uh, Goffred's great. Uh, we want to talk about Pius Morin next. Yeah, you have uh, more experience with her than I think either the two of us. You want to? Yeah, uh, sure. Pius Morin is uh, a little more situational than Goffred. She's fifteen points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she basically has she has two wounds. Um, she's strength three, toughness three, and uh, she has a basically a I forget what the exact like the vindicator or something. It's a heavy flamer, but it's got an assault profile, so it's a strength yeah. five AP minus one flamer, uh, and it also has a melee profile that is strength plus one AP minus one one damage. Um, but she is kind of like how Gottfried is a combat retainer. Uh, she is a zealot retainer, so she is always a zealot specialist. So when you charge, you're actually getting to like strength five. Um, and she also benefits from Katachan, so you can get her to strength four, like natively, and then charge and get to strength five, and then your weapon gets you to strength six. Um, so already she's a very good model against chaff units because she's got that heavy flamer. Um, but with the combination of Katachan and um, and that flamer together, she's really good against hordes because she gets to strength six, and that which is like a sweet spot against the T three weaker models. Um, she doesn't have an armor save. But she does have uh, a, f- a feel no pain, a five up feel no pain, uh, which is, um, you know, I mean, it's still it, with two wounds. It keeps her kind of survivable. Uh, you just need to kind of pick and choose the moments when you're going to run Pius. It's not like Gottfried where it's an auto take. Yeah, because she can be kind of a trap sometimes. And Ryan, is it three attacks that she has? I know I think you have the data sheet pulled up. Uh, she does have three attacks. Yeah. So four with that. uh Zealot so four ability. at strength six. Oh, and also worth noting, when she charges, she gets a separate zealot ability where she re-rolls all failed hits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty strong. Uh, yeah. Don't take her every single time. Yeah, though. <laughs> you got to be a lot more careful with her just because she's a lot more fragile than Gottfried, despite having those two wounds. Um, her Vindicator, I want to talk about it a little bit. It's a eight inch uh, assault D6 flamer at strength five AP one one damage, like you mentioned before, I think. Um, but if it is shooting a chaos model, you roll two D6 to determine the number of attacks made with this weapon and discard the lowest result. So that's a nice little buff against mm-hmm. uh, chaos factions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love a good heavy flamer. They're so good. Um Especially they, when it's an assault. Especially when it's not a heavy <laughs> oh, flamer, yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, Basically, yeah. it's a heavy flamer, but better. Yeah, that's... I mean, the... Uh, what is it? The incinerator for uh, Grey Knights has become one of my favorite weapons um, for that reason. And because it fixes a lot of the problems that, you know, regular flamers might have. You know, it's still a damage one weapon, but going up to strength five is so big, and AP minus one is... is is awesome too so um put that on a on a 15 point model i I dig that with two with two wounds and like pretty good combat ability uh yeah she's really good she's like a swiss army knife kind of uh she can do a lot of stuff yeah 
Um, and yeah, like we said, she benefits from Catachan. So yeah. Uh, and then the next models, although they're kind of like one model weirdly because you have to take them together, but they yeah. are separate models and that's Ryan and Rouse. Uh, I love Ryan and Rouse. Um, I know they, they aren't like, they haven't really been as explored competitively in my opinion, compared yeah. to Gottfried and Pius who are like, we've got pretty good pedigrees in competitive play. But I think Ryan and Rouse are just as good, but in very different ways. Well, maybe not just as good as Gottfried, but just as good as Pius, but in different ways. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you want to look at that uh, sure. data sheet for us? Okay, so um, I'm going to go through Ryan first, and then I'll go through Rouse. Um, so Ryan has six-inch movement, despite the fact that he's only like three or four feet tall. He can move it's as very tiny, fast yeah. as a normal person um weapon skill is uh five up ballistic skill is two up strength two toughness two two wounds uh one attack uh leadership six six up save uh he's equipped with a sniper rifle so 36 inch range heavy one strength four ap zero one damage uh you know normal sniper rifle stuff on the six you get the mortal on the roll of a six up you get the mortal wound and then you ignore any uh long range penalties also has a stub pistol, uh, nine inch range, pistol one, strength four AP zero, one damage. Um, so like his weapons are not that great. His base stat line is also not that great. Besides his uh, his prototypical movement for a man of his stature, um, <laughs> and the movement gets crazier. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> where that's where I'm getting at is his special mm-hmm. abilities. So um, he has Marksman, where he can reroll hit rolls of one for this sniper. You know, he counts as a sniper uh, sniper specialist. Um, naturally stealthy, when an opponent makes a hit roll for, sh- for a shooting attack that targets Reiner Rouse, and the target model is obscured, that hit roll suffers an additional minus one. So camo cloak. Camo cloak, yeah. Uh, Shoop, Shart, and Scarper? Scamper? I feel like that must have been uh, uh, they must have messed up the spelling there. Uh, immediately make a shooting attack with Reiner Rouse other than firing Overwatch. The firing model can move as if it were the movement phase, though it cannot advance as part of this move. So they basically were just born with uh, the uh, the Eldar tactic, fire and fade, grafted into their DNA. Yeah, they get it for free. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, so they can uh, move six, shoot. Who cares if I shoot or not? I can move another six inches and hop on an objective for free. Hell yeah. Uh, also, it so there is an argument to be made because it doesn't say normal move, does it? It just says you can't advance. Oh, um, can uh, it move just as move if it were in. the movement phase. So, rules as written, uh, there is an argument to be made that they can charge with that move. Yeah. Because it doesn't say normal move, and it, and it, it yeah. specifically says you can't advance. Yeah. Uh, I would agree right? with that. Yeah. So, that's that. like a pretty interesting. I mean, it's not too often you're going to actually want to get in combat with these models because no. they you look at them and they die. Yeah. <laughs> but I could see instances of like cycle charging a certain model that yeah. I don't want moving off a point, setting up a charge for a Bulgren model or a uh, charge from Godfrey. If there's like a really Pius. weak like gunner in front of you that only has one attack, uh, you can shut down their shooting by yeah. charging them. And right. they only have one attack. In this instance, like a lot of gunners yeah. do, and Ryan and Rouse only does one damage, and they both yeah. got two wounds. Ryan maybe. and Rouse, for no reason, have two for wounds. For no reason. <laughs> Why? 
uh half yeah. the size double the fortitude I man so. i don't know what to tell you <laughs> um and then rouse yeah uh, so uh rouse's uh stat line is six inch movement uh five up weapon skill two up ballistic skill two strength two toughness two wounds one attack six leadership six up save um rouse is armed with a demo charge which has a six inch range it's a grenade weapon uh grenade d6 strength eight very nice ap3 mm-hmm. also very nice d3 damage okay and you can only use it once per game but yeah, it is you can only use it once per game it is the it best, is grenade, the in best the grenade in the game yeah yeah on a um, two up ballistic skill yeah that's right <laughs> so even if you roll a one on your grenade d6 you are still hitting on twos, probably wounding on twos. AP minus three, D three damage. Like this, yeah. this weapon can one shot anything in the game right now, pretty much. Unless you have like a really good, like your got for it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. like like barring commanders, but um, like yeah, grenade D six, and um, like if it gets down to it, each one of those D sixes is doing D three damage. Yeah, you know, split shots. Uh, just like yeah Ooh, splitting <laughs> shots Ooh, you can out maybe you can outflank rouse or something and like yeah i mean it's pretty crazy but surprise uh <laughs> and then he has like a stub yeah he's got the stub pistol which i had already uh, how long is the range on that it's only nine six. inches demo charge stub pistol? no stub oh, pistol. Stub pistol. oh, oh demo yeah, charge yeah. is six yeah yeah so i mean nine inches isn't great obviously but it does it's long enough where he can usually get a shot on something, so that way he can use his free fire and fade to move around with with Ryan. Um, yeah, and he's got that grapnel hook thing. So, yeah, so the grapnel hook Rouse can climb any distance vertically, up or down. Uh, when he makes a normal move, do not measure the distance moved in this way. Um, and then he also has another ability that is a buff for Ryan, basically, where he acts as like his spotter. So you can reroll failed hit and wound rolls when shooting with Ryan's sniper rifle if the target is also visible to Rouse. Yeah. So that that ups the efficiency quite I, a bit. I love that sniper that. rifle. It's like it's another chance to roll a six. Man. Yeah. If that's the best part about it is like Ryan is probably hitting on like a three or four maybe at worst. Um, and when you have a mortal wound on a six wound roll. And you're re-rolling your wound rolls. That's basically, yeah, like you said, it's another chance to get that six. So suddenly a sniper rifle, which is kind of an underwhelming weapon in Kill Team, um, Ryan, when he's using it, it's pretty good Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those guys are very tricky. And then he is, <laughs> um, he's got the naturally stealthy ability. He's got the um, the shoot sharp and scarper. <laughs> I'm convinced someone just uh, fat fingered an R instead of typing an M. I think it should read shoot sharp and scamper. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, they're rattlings. What do rattlings or what do rats do? They scamper, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just the, the utility that these guys bring, it is like really interesting. The ability to like take a shot at some guy and then move before that guy can shoot back at you mm-hmm. and like move on to an objective or like, I don't know. There's just so much stuff you can do with Ryan and Rouse. Like they're, they're not like, oh, and their points cost, I believe they're nine and 10 uh so 18 8 and 10 uh, yeah. ryan is eight and yeah 10. ryan is eight so i mean those guys are you have to take them together by the way you can't just take rouse or you can't just take ryan on their own mm-hmm. um if you're bringing one you have to bring the other yeah. so it's basically think of it as an 18 point model um they uh i mean there's a lot you can do with them yeah they're they're not like really strong in the sense that like you're looking at Gottfred who like will never die and he'll he can kill you 
Uh, but Ryan and Rouse are, are really good in more subtle ways, I think. Yeah. I even like like just like looking at these guys with like their the Rouse's ability to ignore vertical movement and their re-rolling hits and demo charges and all that other stuff. It's great on open. I like these guys on arena as well, actually, just because of all their sort of movement shenanigans. It's like uh, one of them pops up with the stub pistol, just fires a shot, and then they can just move onto another objective or yeah. something. Yeah. And it makes those demo and charges much and better. And they are, the models, yeah. they are so short that they can effectively hide behind some of the crates on Arena and be yes. completely out of line of sight, which is hilarious. Yeah hilarious yeah they are shorter than a lot of scatter terrain which is like another thing that doesn't show up on a data sheet like that's not on that's paper that's something, something that, to consider yeah when you're playing them or yeah. if you're running a bulgrin it is extremely easy to completely hide one of reiner rouse behind a bulgrin yeah out of line of sight completely i've done it before yeah it's, it's pretty funny i think that's what i wound up doing on arena one time was hiding behind uh was hiding behind a pile of crates and they were just able to sit on that objective yeah completely unexposed from either of the uh the enemy gunners that were coming down the way towards him yeah and i uh i mean we were talking earlier about how guard loves like action economy and they have just such an amazing repertoire ryan and rouse like adds so much to that mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. top of your orders and your crazy stuff like yeah also ryan and rouse don't benefit from sub factions because they actually have one of those keywords that prevents them from from getting it and they also can't take orders because yeah but Still. Yeah, they're great. Very, very strong. They're definitely not an auto-take, though. Probably not. Uh, I love them enough that I take them all the time anyway. But Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess, yeah. Sean, did you have any other thoughts on Ryan and Rouse? No. You know, kind of a meme, but not really. They're just kind of ridiculous to see them out on the table. But, yeah. you know, certainly like, have a lot I... of potential in them. Yeah. When I first saw them, I was like, okay, they're kind of cute. They can do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Their weapons are unique. Got some unique abilities. But no, they're good. Yeah, they, the more is, you this use is them. Not, this yeah. is not a meme. Ryan and yeah. Rose are they're great models. For me, the more I use them, the more high on them I become. Where I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, these guys are so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess do we want to talk about like matchups and stuff and how they stack up in like the, the formats, like competitive formats? Guard, not Ryan and Rouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's weird because there's a million ways to play them. But it feels yeah, like. Yeah. Um, I guess I mostly play as Stardies, so I don't, I don't really know where we want to start with this conversation, so I'm just going to go into it. Um, there's, because they're so reliant on their shooting, even if they are, like, like Catachans are great. The list, the roster that you have is fantastic in close combat. So like barring that, like most, probably most Imperial Guard kill teams that you're going to run into are mostly going to be shooting, right? Yeah. So because they're so reliant upon shooting, there are certain skew lists that can completely shut down and negate your shooting just by shard, just by like having like a bunch of models charge into your shooting guys from either outside line of sight or they just are able to get in there for whatever reason. Um, things like um, Asuryani Banshees 
where you can't fire overwatch on them no matter what charging you would get you in trouble um the uh the black templars list that you've been running on arena would be great against shooting guard because you just all your guys have storm shield so that negates their high ap weapons that they can bring and uh once you get charged when, once you get stuck in with black templars uh as a toughness three model like good luck man you know yeah so that that's definitely their weakness i think I think they're still vulnerable. Shooting guard is very vulnerable to close combat oriented armies and skew lists that are designed to kill things in close combat. Yeah. Um, strengths. Uh, well, there's the classic plasma spam guard. Yeah. Which is, I think what everybody thinks about when they think of guard and like yeah. competitive kill team is mm-hmm. they think back to like Elliot Miller and like the plasma spam that won like the first LVO. Yeah. Um, at the time, that was like the perfect answer in the meta to what was dominating, which was Death Guard. Yeah. Like Marine equivalents. Um, yeah, though, I mean, so current seen, strengths. Yeah. We haven't seen a lot of like guard players lately, like the no. traditional, like Talarn, like shooty guard lists. I mean, there's been Tom Marshall and his like Catachans, but. Yeah. I'm not even sure if we've seen like a Talarn list like run like successfully before. Because yeah. when you think about it, the meta kind of went from it went from like a hundred points to elites, and yeah. it would just it kind of felt like the Talarn was the list, and there were, I don't know if there were just no tournaments happening yeah, at I the time. I think when when that plasma spam list won, I don't even think elites was out yet. No, so it there wasn't. was no Talarn. Yeah, yet. it was still a hundred points plasma spam. Yeah, yeah, and when you look at the move to elites, um, because. The Ogrins and Bulgrins aren't seen as favorably as some of the other like options in the elite book. I think people just kind of discarded Militarum in general then. It's like, well, they kind of lost in this book, so let's move on to something else. Or even if it wasn't a conscious thought like that, it's like, ooh, shiny. And everybody just flocked to other <laughs> other factions that got cool stuff in the new book. Um, and went to 125, which beyond just, um, you know unlocking new units in the new book it made maybe some overpriced other models you know more viable um i guess that kind of happened in two stages right the first stage was adding elites at 100 and the second stage was upping it to 125 um so i can like, go so far as to say that there was a third stage which was when um the data sheet for Godfrey got released <laughs> true because yeah, yeah, then yeah. it was like oh everybody's looking at catachans now like oh man i'm gonna right. run guard i'm gonna run catachans so that this roided out warrior monk is just an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. Around, and then around the same time, or I guess maybe a little bit later, we ma- we made the switch from um, hold, hold, hold to to kill more, hold more. Um, so you know, a lot of the kind of durability that guard gets is in numbers. You know, being toughness three uh five up armor save or four up if you go at scions but without some of the other built-in defensive mechanisms that some of the other toughness three factions have you know you just kind of rely on you know maybe fighting from range and then and just saying okay i'm gonna die but then as soon as you start awarding awarding points for killing that is you know not as 
solid a plan and in certain packets when it's so easy to stack secondaries for killing two um it it makes it a little bit less appealing to take to take a squishy five point you know guardsman um without some of those other defensive mechanisms so i don't know but that doesn't mean that there's not a place for them to come back it's just kind of need to reimagine what they can do um and put a little extra time into into preparing yeah i'm hard pressed to think of a of a faction that like has guards number i feel like they have enough of a answer to most factions um they just have so many tools yeah they can use uh and and I think we we haven't even really touched the surface of of how like how good they can be in the current format. Yeah, um, I, I do think they're good enough to be at that top table. Yeah, uh, I just don't think we're we're seeing a lot of players right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before like LVO back in January, you had a lot of people saying beforehand they wouldn't be surprised if Guard was like a top eight team. Mm-hmm. Um, and there didn't end up being a Guards player Guards Guard player <laughs> in top eight. Yeah, um, and. People were kind of surprised by that, but I think they're the potential is obviously there. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are kind of high on guard, but we're just waiting to see that that manifest into something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do we want to go ahead and talk about your Catachan roster now, Shane? Sure. I, I love this roster. <laughs> This is like one of my favorite things to play in Kill Team. And it doesn't even really feel like you're playing guard. It feels like you're playing like Blackstone Fortress. Like if it was like a faction. <laughs> yeah. And you just have like these other human guys like yeah, supplementing. No, when it. when this when this roster was made, I think I joked and talked about how it's just Godfrey and Friends. <laughs> and then it became like Blackstone Fortress and Friends. Yeah. So I don't think there's anybody else really running anything like this. Um, I'm pretty sure I was the first person to come up with this. And it's weird enough that I feel pretty confident saying that. Okay. Um, so he, I'll just break down what like the core list is, and then I'll explain what you can sub in and out. So uh, you have that special weapon guardsman leader, uh, the weak guy that can give orders. You're not missing out on anything by having this guy be the one to do it. Uh, and you have a whole bunch of specialists. And the reason you're able to take a whole bunch of specialists is because Gottfried and, and Pius and Ryan and Ra- or Ryan rather, they're not specialists, they're specialist retainers. So like Gottfried, for instance, he's a combat retainer. He doesn't count towards your max number of three specialists, but you can you just can't take another combat. Uh, so the specialists that I'll usually take are the the Bulgren Bonad, um, who is the veteran specialist, and he has the brute shield in the Bulgren Mall. Um with him, I'll, I'll take, like, a Scion Gunner, who is basically, like, I, he, his specialism can slot in and out depending on what weapon he's taking. Like, if he's bringing a Flamer, I would uh, I would probably... Well, if he's taking a Flamer, there's a chance that I would just run a regular Guardsman because... Yeah, right, because... The Ballistic just, Skill, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you basically end up saving five points. Um, and then you take him as a demo, for instance. Uh, but, like, say you take the Hotshot Volley Gun and you make him a Heavy. That's uh, 13 points. Uh, next, I like to take the Tempester as a medic specialist um, because rules as written, a medic can stim shot themselves. Uh, and there's a lot of guys on this list that 
are very good candidates for that one CP medic tactic. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, the medic tactic is it's one CP. You choose a model within two inches. Um, it doesn't say another model, so rules is written. You can stim shot yourself. Uh, and that model is plus one to charge rolls and plus one to their tax characteristic until the end of the battle, uh, or until the end of the battle round, rather. Um, and I, I kit that Tempestra out with a plasma pistol and a power fist. And uh, the retainers, I take Gottfried, and in this list I have Ryan or Rouse, um, or Ryan and Rouse, rather. Uh, and in the event that I'm against like um, a, a team where I'd rather have like a heavy flamer, I could hypothetically swap out the Scion Gunner for uh, for Pius Vorn, and uh, she's a Zealot Specialist in that instance. Um, and then I'll have a few non-specialists, which are basically Rouse, uh, a Sergeant with the Power Sword. So with Katachan, you have the potential for those four attacks um, at Strength 4, AP 3. And then uh, I'll bring another Special Weapons Gunner with whatever the matchup decides. So... You might be thinking, that's not a lot of models for a guard team. Uh, yeah, there's only like nine models on this list. Uh, but you have a Bulgren who has three wounds. You have Gottfried who has three wounds. You have Ryan and Rouse who each have two wounds. You might have Pius with two wounds. Um, and you, you have these guys that can just make all sorts of like extra moves around the, the, the battlefield, whether it's with orders or you're talking about Ryan and Rouse. Or, um, you know, there's there's a bunch of ways to do this. And what this team ends up feeling like is kind of like Eldar. Yeah. It sort of feels like you're playing Eldar, but with some beefier units. Um, and you're, you have maybe might have like a few less bodies. Uh, but, but a nice thing about this is say you're taking this on a command roster. Um, comparatively, like a plasma spam, like guardsman spam style thing, you don't have that much room for flexibility because your main list is taking up most of your roster. On a list like this with nine models, uh, one, it, it really helps in the kill hold meta because there's less chaff guys that are giving away free kills, essentially. Um, and two, there's a lot more flexibility on the roster. So you can swap out a hotshot volley gun for a flamer or, you know, you can you can bring in Pius. And, and there's like a lot of different ways that you can do this. You can you can give your Tempester and your Sergeant a plasma pistol in addition to those weapons if you have like, two extra points spare. Um and uh, my experience using this list is it's it's pretty good. Uh, you also get the hidden buff that half of the players in the community don't know what these uh, these like Ryan and Rouse's rules are. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. But yeah, uh, I've had a lot of success with this list so far. I haven't taken it to like a competitive thing because in my opinion, it's like pretty high skill ceiling. It's like. I think it can be really good, but it's kind of hard to play. Yeah, there's a lot like of moving optimal. parts for sure. Yeah, there's so many moving parts. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can give orders to the Tempester. You can give orders to the, the Gunners. Um, that Sergeant can take orders. It's There's a lot going on. There's actually only a few models that are benefiting from Katachan on this list. Yeah. But the the ones that are, are like, it's so helpful. Like Gottfred or Pius or the Sergeant. It's, uh, it's, I think it's pretty good. Oh yeah. You know, I've, I've worked on this list for like months, so I'm like, I'm pretty confident to like put it out there into the wild and just, uh, everyone I've shown it to is like taken aback and like, Whoa, what is this? And then they <laughs> want to run it. Um, well, it since each model is cool. so unique, like how do you yeah. pin it down? And like, you, you really got to know what each one's job is and be able to, you know, keep all the special rules straight and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's wild. 
I mean, yeah, like on a lot of packets, there's like domination, uh, for instance, just as an example. Um, you could take domination with this list and throw the Bulgren and Gottfried into the middle, and no one's coming near those models. Nope. And that's three free victory points, and they're really hard to shoot off the board. Yeah, it's stuff like that, um, in addition to like Ryan and Rouse and the Tempester, who are kind of slippery themselves. It's, yeah, if you ever want to play Eldar, but with humans, <laughs> instead of, you know, Xenos. Those, those <laughs> dirty, dirty Xenos. Yeah, this is one of the closest things to Eldar that you can that you can make, I think, outside of playing Eldar. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and in some ways, I think they're better than Eldar, because Eldar is known for having, like, a really good, that action economy stuff. But Guard, it takes that to, like, another level. Mm -hmm. And they have these models that just do not die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, do we want to talk a little bit about like what a normal Talarn roster might look like? I mean, yeah, I guess. I kind of only started writing it literally right before we started recording, but um, we can make one on I the guess, fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess the the leader would obviously just be the special weapons guardsman. Yeah, I think it's you know? always the best. Yeah. Um, and you have enough models that you're not worried about being outflanked turn one mm -hmm. with Talarn. You're going to be able to just zone out your, your, uh, deployment in the immediate area surrounding it. Um, so I've got three different, uh, specialists. Well, technically four different specialists. Um, we've got a, uh, a scout spec, uh, special weapons gunner with a melt -a gun um, so he's getting that reroll advance uh, with the Meltagun. Just so, like, I, I thought about making him a demo, but I'm like... Oh, you don't need well, a demo on a Melta. Yeah, you don't <laughs> yeah. need a demo on a Melta. And if he's moving that fast anyway, chances are he's probably going to be able to get a good angle on a lot of models that aren't yeah. going to be obscured to him. So why waste the slot? Uh, next is a special weapons gunner with a plasma gun. He's a sniper specialist. Um yeah, no, it's just <laughs> the thing to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, the demo spec. Um, the I've got a demo spec. I've got two demo specs so far. So on the roster, yeah, yeah, on the roster. One has a flamer, just because it's the thing to do. Um, and then the next uh, is just a plasma gun, just a plasma gunner. Yeah. Um, I don't see why not. Can't hurt with the uh, the take aim order, where yeah. he's going to be rerolling the ones, you know. So. Um, three specialist retainers, uh, Gottfried, Pius, Ryan, and Rouse. Yeah. And obviously if you're taking Ryan, you can't take that plasma sniper, but right. that's why you have all these different options for gunners. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, for a non-specialist, I have another guardsman gunner and he has a plasma gun just to take it. And, uh, that's, that's what we got for now. Um, yeah. Now I'm yeah, thinking about so it. So many different guns and combinations. Yeah, it's really the. I feel like the the core rulebook and the elites book are my oyster, um, with how spoiled I am with the number of models and the variety of ways they can be kitted out, and then also fielded. So like a Sardis, they have so many different kinds of models, but you're just limited because each one is so expensive. But yeah. with guard, it's just you can just take twenty guys, and it's just <laughs> like, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, I mean they can do some pretty crazy, crazy stuff. With gunners. Like including Pius, you could have like nine flamers on a list. 
Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not too many, like, there's not that many mad lads out there that are going to run nine flamers. But I mean, if you're running like Tyranids or something and you sit down across from the dude who happened to bring nine flamer Imperial Guard, although to be fair, with Talarn, uh, you're not, the you flamers, you're not getting it's, anything. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting anything from it. It's still good to take them against hordes and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I would put three three guys on here three gunners with flamers yeah and then um have a fourth flamer who's a demo spec if i come against god forbid like a, a tyranid swarm or what gear is it whatever yeah it was 2018 <laughs> come on um do we uh yeah or, go ahead i mean is there also any value in going like full-on like plasma spam without even worrying about the re-rolling ones, um, like not even take Ryan and Rouse, um, so that you could have the the plasma sniper and you know get up into that half range real quick and go just full on weak bodies, uh, yeah. because you can you know because that way you're taking more advantage of the positional nature of it too. Um, once you get more bodies and you don't have to overcharge everything too, if you're putting that many you know figure if you're if you're advancing up that's two you're more likely to be getting within short range for rapid fire uh you don't have to to supercharge so that's each body you know that can be a what eight eight point body doing two strength seven ap minus three shots um after an advance hitting on fours like that's yeah. pretty I think actually, I, I mean, obviously we don't have the footage or anything, but I'm sure there's people we can ask. I'm pretty sure that original like crazy plasma spam guards list. I think that's what Ellie Miller was doing. He was just overcharging with everybody because, I mean, you have so many guys you lose plasma one. Guns. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Right. it's like an eight point model and your twenty man list, and so. the shot still goes off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you he can still, still finish to shoot. So. Yeah. So if you're yeah. if you're just talking about trading at that point too, because if the shot goes off. Like sure, I'll take out your your primaris model, your you know whatever twenty point model with my eight point model, yeah. you know, and you just you just don't care. Um, and that could be like the you know throwback, not going with this all all this Blackstone Fortress playing other game and calling it uh, <laughs> calling it kill team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, it's uh. I mean, like back in the in the hold, hold, hold days, you could probably just do like the eight plasma and then just fill out with five point guardsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, with like 125 and kill hold, you can have those eight plasma and then like frontline them with like some beefier guys like Gottfried. Maybe I don't know exactly how the points come out, but like instead of having just pure bodies, you know, have a couple strong guys that can protect your plasma um, and stay in between that gun line. Yeah. So figure, let's do it real quick. So it's like eight. So for the special weapon squad and regular guardsmen, you can have four plasmas there at eight points each. It's 32, 32 points for four plasma guns. Um, four sign gunners with plasmas, that would be 13 points. So that's 52. So that's 84 points. So you have like 41 points left to basically spend on. So 20 of them are going to Gottfried, obviously. Yeah. So. Just throw another 20 on there. And then you have 21 points left that you so, can just... So do five points for uh, for your leader. The sergeant. Oh, yeah. Five points for the leader. 
mm-hmm. and then how about like you could throw like a tempester in there for with the power fist for 12 points then you've got mm-hmm. 121 i mean give him a plasma pistol 122 uh yeah i mean three points left anybody got a box caster that's oh like yeah, how much point. is a Foxcaster? It's totally either like blanking. a point or it's free, I think. Or it uh, might be five points. I might be... For some reason, I, I think it's five points. Yeah. Oh, that's it's five points. Ah, yeah. Okay, so no Voxcaster, but 122 points is fine. Yeah. For what you're getting. Even without the Voxcaster? I mean, I mean yeah, because you got, you got Godfrey. You don't got to worry about breaking. That list has really. like 11 or 12 bodies, eight of which have plasma guns, and the other and ones are like they either just, your leader or a strong or, guy. Or they don't yeah. die, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or they're a Swiss Army knife like your Tempester. But yeah, yeah, and he's got plasma too. So you've got another. Pl- you've got nine plasmas. It's just one of them's a pistol. Yeah, yeah. Because figure if you're doing six inch base move plus an advance uh, on all those guys, you know, that's probably going to be getting you within twelve inches yeah. um, against most models. So then you're still so your ballistic skill still going to be four for the guardsman. Still going to be three for the scions, so figure let's assume cover. Um, 16, 16 plasma shots yeah. going in, um, hitting on fours or fives. Yeah, or you can replace those eight plasmas for the same cost with eight meltas, one <laughs> of them's gonna hit, and with Talarn, I think it's yeah. viable. Hey man, I yeah, think those, it's viable. You get like three hits. Out of those eight shots, hey, that's probably three that's, dead models. It's money, baby. <laughs> it's yeah. money. Yeah, no. Um, I've just added a, a and, and plugged in and taken out a few a few different models for the Talarn list. So um, uh, now it's a Scion Gunner sniper spec with a plasma gunner, just for the increased efficiency, as opposed to the regular Guardsman sniper spec with the plasma gun. Um, Scout Gunner. Heavy spec with a hotshot volley gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's also a Scion Gunner demo spec with the hotshot volley gun. The thought there is I can just set him up kind of like overwatching an objective yeah. and then just keep readying him up. So any enemy models that come within range of a certain area, he'll be able to get effective shots on target and have a stronger chance of wounding them. Um and then the 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 scout the Talarn, just the standard guardsman scout spec with the melted gun is so good, um, just from that movement. And then the demo flamer. Um, and then I also dropped in uh, two scion gunners with melted gun just for the the deep strike threat. Oh yeah, yeah. That is this scary. might be telegraphing a little bit, but if you if you see me put three scion gunners armed with melted guns in reserve. Uh, you should probably screen out your backfield. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, any other like list ideas that come to mind? Like, I, there's only so much that you can do. Uh, I, I still, no matter so much how much, no matter how much I think I cannot justify taking an Ogren. I cannot. No, do it. they're no, so it, bad. It man. just doesn't make sense. Bulgrins, yes, I love that guy, but. Yeah. I don't know. If they had an if they had an invuln, yeah, and they were still around their same points cost, then yeah, but they don't, so they just die fast. By the time and by the time you take like Godfrey and you know, 
your your heavy weapons it's like even if you don't max out on heavy weapons you know to take enough to make make up for the weakness of their normal weapons uh and bodies it's like it just becomes hard to justify if you're saving points for another big guy you might as well make it a bulgrin yeah i mean if you if you're playing kill team and all you have is ogren I would run Ogren. <laughs> if you have no other choice, it's <laughs> possible. If you have no other choice. Yeah. I would take Ogren for fun because those are really funny looking models. Yeah. They're so funny. I kind of want to take one and convert it so that it looks like Shrek. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. Any uh, final hot takes on guard before we wrap this this deep dive up? I thought I was, I thought I was done buying models. I thought Come I was on. done. But I think yeah, never, I'm, it's never done. Yeah, but you, you I mean, do have a lot of Astartes. I, I have so much. Yeah, I have a lot of Astartes, but I don't have a lot of Astartes that I would run right now. Yeah, fair. It's the only issue. Um at least in, in Kill Team. Yeah. Um all right, I got a hot take. Yeah, go ahead. So the new LVO just dropped. Uh the new LVO twenty twenty one pack it just came out. Um it's uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet check it out i mean we can throw a link in the description um uh, in that pack that's like it's three cp per turn i mentioned it earlier a little bit uh my hot take is i think that imperial guard are the single best faction on that packet yeah so Whoa. they've got they've got 30 man command rosters with this packet. no no, no, no. it's just that's just that something else oh okay yeah no i think the guard are the best faction on that packet number one for me so so like besides the previous uh two hours of conversation uh wh- why do you say that i think that they benefit from three cp a turn more than anybody yeah uh i think that even the, astartes uh can you really say well that? yeah with maybe with death denied being maybe anything. other than astartes but i think uh like with with the way that you can run them with not okay i i should really clarify on this I do not think the shooty guard is the best thing. On okay. Okay. I don't think the shooty anything is the best on that map for anyone that's looked at it. But I think a, a Katachan list, kind of similar to what I was talking about, I might not have it down perfect. Maybe somebody can come up with something better along that vein, though. I think that they can do so, so much with 3 CP per turn and with just just all the options that they have and, and the things that they're able to do. Yeah. I re- and on an open board, so I mean those those scions are, are a serious threat even on a Catachan team. Yeah, I uh, I think they're very very good. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking about that. That center of the board is basically where all the terrain is. Yeah. So just thinking of your Catachan list and all the really good melee models that are in it, and the things like orders that they can use mm-hmm. to just like benefit to just draw more uh attacks of opportunity i guess with um uh with the fixed bayonets and stuff like that um yeah they are they're looking nice they're looking nice for that packet for sure yeah i mean that's just my opinion um i everybody can can look at the lvo packet and come to their own conclusions but I think the secondaries really suit them. I think the format really suits them. I think the map is really good for them too. Um, I, I generally think that they are better on an open board than on arena. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I would say that 
other than Adeptus Astartes, they probably benefit the most from 3CP. But uh, Astartes, I think, are better on Arena than they are on Open. Uh, whereas I think that Guard can do really well on Open. I just think this packet, to me, like when I was looking at it, it, I was thinking this is like the perfect storm for Imperial Guard to just like crush on this packet. I don't yeah. know. I mean, if people can look at it themselves and, and and try try it, I mean, there's Tabletop Simulator. the The map is up there on our uh, on our on our Discord under TTS Tools. Uh, you can go on, and there's plenty of people that want to play games. Uh, yeah. Any other hot takes? I mean, any comments on that hot take? I guess I. No. No. Not for me personally. <laughs> no. Be... Yeah, I can buy that. Um. I think they're good, man. I yeah. think they would have been great in BAO. They could believe not to this level. Yeah, and I think it depends on who takes them too. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, for pilot sure. skill. Yeah, they're pilot they're not an easy team to play. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Eldar, like that, where people say that Eldar are very, very good, but they're not like a brain dead faction where anybody can pick them up and just immediately do well with them. Yeah. I think that that guard is very similar to that. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. No, and I was. The thing you said about the scions even be even being good on that Katachan on the Katachan list for the deep strike threat. Mm-hmm. What I just said earlier about the scions like presenting a deep strike threat when you got three of them with melted guns set aside in your reserves and your opponent's just like standing there shaking, they're gonna be forced to kind of screen out their deployment zone. And if they're busy screening out their deployment zone, you know what they're not gonna be doing? moving as many models as they possibly can into the center of the board. Yeah. So what are those shooting models that are screening out their deployment zone going to be doing? They're going to be doing nothing because <laughs> of the lack of like shooting right. leads yeah. on that map. And, and that's uh yeah, and that's something I noticed about this uh this new board too is that it's not as open as as the last LVO one. So yeah, you you can't just kind of hang out in the back and 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 take shots like you you got to be moving into positions to to get those shots so so yeah, yeah that's a good point and i mean yeah you're while you're screening out your deployment zone from those scions uh it's like well i can stay back here oh and while i'm doing that and screening them out Gottfried and the bulgren are totally claiming like a ton of mid board yeah, yeah a ton of like middle of the board control um, they're they're taking domination. They're holding the middle objective because there's usually a middle objective on a lot of those missions. Um, yeah, and they're getting to move up freely, and the opponent doesn't have that many shots on them because one, they're focused on screening out, and two, the shooting lanes aren't that great on that map anyway. Yeah, um, it's definitely a little bit more mo- melee oriented than past open boards. So yeah, that's that's just how I look at it. Yeah. Not not that hot of a take after all. Yeah, I mean, I think by the time that LVO happens, whether it happens in real life or, you know, there's there's some, like, another, like, simulation tournament on TTS, I think we're going to see some really good guard performances. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, like, speaking personally? Like, are you going to be, are you planning on running guard in no, a I, tournament? I, if I go to LVO, I don't think I'll run guard. Yeah. I think I'd rather run demons just because I, you know. Oh, yeah. But maybe I will run guard. I don't know. I think they're real good. Yeah, didn't I see Reaper on that uh, that uh, secondary list? Yeah, but they I think they have changed it so that blue horrors and brimstone horrors don't count towards Reaper. Thank God. Oh, interesting. So okay. that is a I I had to beg Sheldon to do that. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, and There's a reason no one was running that faction. Yep. Yeah. That Demons was a, not that viable on BAO for that reason. But that's okay. We're getting off tangent. Yeah. Oh, we're getting off topic. <laughs> All right. So we're we're about a little over two hours in. So I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Yep. Uh, don't forget to, uh, I guess, hit that subscribe button. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. We recently broke uh, 300 subs over there. So um, we're going to be announcing some stuff for that channel very soon. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you all soon.